Welcome back to the jointhetrades.com interview series where we talk to tradespeople and learn more about successful career paths straight from the source. Today, my guest is Austin. Austin is a high voltage electrical journeyman lineman with eight years of experience in the trade. Austin, hi. How did you get started? Hey, crew. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, we'll just start from the very beginning. You know, as in, in high school, high schools love to preach college, right? And I, I'm a pretty good individual when it comes to math and things like that. So I thought I was destined to be some sort of engineer. I wanted to get into the electrical industry because that's a kind of a good industry to be in because everything requires electricity when it comes down to it. So I figured, hey, maybe since college is really my only pathway, I'll just go to school to be an electrical engineer. I took a running start program in high school, which is as a junior and senior in high school, you can take college credits and essentially graduate high school with a graduation a diploma for high school and uh, a general AA for college. Well, as I was doing that, I got about towards the end of my senior year and I said, yeah, heck with it. I'm done with school. I ain't going back to school after high school. Like I'm just not, I'm just not ready for this at all. My dad, he's a pipe fitter and he works at one of the lumber mills and from my hometown in Washington, my mom, she's a nurse. I grew up in the country. I grew up working with my hands, doing all kinds of yard work, taking out trees, just doing country things. And why the heck am I going to go to college and spend, you know, two, four years to go get a degree that I like, it just didn't, didn't make sense to me. So towards the end of my senior year, um, we actually had a little trade show type thing, you know, just in our hometown where they had, you know, a heavy equipment company come out. They had the local PUD come out there. They had a various bunch of different trades, right? And as a high schooler, you're just kind of bebopping around and checking out the different trade opportunities and they hand you out a flyer like, oh, check this out. The only thing that really stuck out to me was the PUD. You know, they had a pole set in the ground and they're like, hey, you know, come over, check it out, put on the climbing gear. You can climb up a couple feet and, you know, see how it feels. And I was that's cool. I grew up climbing trees, like without proper climbing <laughs> gear. I just climbed trees as a kid. I mean, we had it's Washington State. There's massive trees out there. And trust me, I climbed a heck of a lot of trees. And I knew I liked climbing. So I threw on, I tried on a climbing gear. And I was like, oh, this is cool. It's very, very awkward. I think, I mean, you're climbing a vertical pole like this and you're trying to climb up something like this. It's extremely awkward. Probably one of the most awkward situations you can be put in physically um but anyways so i was like oh this is interesting so i kind of talked to them about oh what kind of money can you make you know where are job opportunities and things like that and they they didn't honestly they didn't give me a very good um details of where to even get started or how to get started but i knew this was something that i would pursue because it really interested me so i graduated high school got my diploma and I was thinking, man, how do I get started? So I'm on Google for hours. I'm on YouTube for hours trying to figure out accurate information. Where do I get started? How to get started? Luckily, I had a family friend who was a journeyman lineman who worked for a, a utility across the river. And then a cousin who had just started in the lineman trade as a groundman. So I had a couple resources. So I reached out to them and they they gave me, you know, a few good steps. They said, well, you know, you can get your class A CDL and you can get your CPR first aid certification and you can supply for union apprenticeships in Washington or for the Northwest. Or, and then my cousin, he was telling me, he's like, well, I just went to this Lyman school in Spokane, which is seven, seven hours away from me. 
you can go to the line school. They'll teach you how to climb. They'll teach you, you know, this and that, things about the trade. You'll get your Class A CDL, your flaggers permit, CPR first aid card, and a handful of other things. And, you know, I did that, and he ended up getting a comp or a job with the, the company that puts on that lineman school. So I was like, man, maybe that's really my only option. Um, so that's what I did. I applied for that lineman school. You have to go in and they, you take like an aptitude test. You take like a math test and like a little skills test because they only bring in, I think, 45 people into the class. And out of, you know, the thousands of applicants that they get, they base you off, you know, how well do you do on an aptitude test? And then if you do good enough, then you get enrollment into the into their schooling. So I did all that and it's like it was like a six month wait period by the time I actually got an email saying like congratulations, you can come to the school, pay us, you know, twelve grand and then, you know, four months and then you get out and then you can go on your way to somehow become a lineman. I was like, okay, cool. So that starts in January of two thousand sixteen. So I hop my little piece of crap 1997 Honda Civic that I have as an 18 year old leading up to this point though I was also I was working at a metal fab shop locally in the town I grew up in and I loved welding um like in high school we had a welding class and shop class so I thought that was another opportunity that I could do there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for me at the time to really like get into welding I didn't really want to pursue as a career just wasn't for me. Once I fell in love, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love heights. The, <laughs> the versatile you can do with the lineman trade is being able to travel you know, once you become a journeyman. And just like the whole opportunity just really appeased me. So I went for the lineman career instead. But up to that point, I worked in the welding shop. And that, that was cool and whatnot. If it wasn't for the lineman industry, I'd probably do welding. So I went to the school, moved to Spokane. Um, did the four month schooling, which they taught me, you know, handful of things, how to got my C CDL and things. And then they're like, okay, congratulations. You graduated. Have fun. And I'm like, okay, now where do I go? Like it's, there wasn't like, here's a job or they just kind of threw you out there like to do with high school, essentially high school is like, here's what you can do. And then see you later. Right. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, so they'd kind of give me a few steps on where to go and you know, where to apply and things like that, what to do. But I'm like 19 years old at this point and I still pretty young and dumb. So, you know, I applied everywhere that I could figure out where to apply. Um, I went back home. I ended up signing the union books down in Portland, Oregon, which is IBW local 125. Ended up getting a grounding call for a tree trimming power line clearance crew, um, which wasn't ideally what I wanted to do because like I want to be a lineman, not a tree trimmer. But the tree trimming occupation is really great related work experience to get into the lineman trade, which I later figured out down the road. So I got into that and then two weeks later I had an apprenticeship interview for the Northwest Lineman Apprenticeship. Ranked terrible because I was only 19 and I have zero life experience. I got ranked like 125th. And they, they basically straight up told me like, hey, you're 19. You don't have any experience except for the $12,000 you spent at alignment school. And you have two weeks of experience like of on the job in a related trade. And I said, okay, cool. So that to me was, okay, I'm going to work as a tree trimmer or in the tree trimming trade for 
a year or so, get experience and maybe reapply and see if that helps me out to get a better ranking. Anyways, they allowed me to stay on the interview rank list for up to two years. And then after two years, you have to re-interview every year. So I just worked in the tree trim and power line clearance uh, trade for a year and a half. And in that year and a half, I worked as a groundman, which is, you know, the bottom position you can work at on a lineman crew or on a tree trimming crew. You start out as a groundman or pre-apprentice, and then you get into an apprenticeship, you complete a apprenticeship and you become a journeyman, lineman or tree trimmer, carpenter, plumber, electrician. There's apprenticeships for everything out there. So about a year in, I was like, man, I'm up. I'm ranked now as they were calling people out for the lineman apprenticeship. I, I was moving down in rank. So I went from 125th to 100 to 80 to 60. So I was moving down the rank list and I was like, it's a matter of time before I get called out, but I'm just sitting here as a groundman. I'm not really further advancing my education in a trade. So I ended up getting the tree trimming apprenticeship, which was awesome because then at that point, then you're going to Saturday schools, learning how to climb trees, rigging, knots, um, now I'm actually going up in a bucket truck and I'm, I'm clearing trees away from power lines. Like I'm up in it now. So that experience was, I was enjoying that experience a lot. And I love the whole aspect of, you know, the, the tree trimming trade because of the rigging, because of everything that was involved You're It's very similar to the lineman trade because you're working on the street. You're, you can be working long hours. You're working storms. Uh, you're working next to power lines. You're working on a crew culture. You're learning the, just the steps you need to take to be an apprentice and things like that. Like it's a very similar trade. So anyways, about four or five months into my tree trimming apprenticeship, the lineman apprenticeship, they called me and said, Hey, Austin, we have an opportunity for you. You're ranked number one right now. You've, you know, moved down the rank list. Do you want to get do you, your opportunities right now? Do you want to become an apprentice lineman? And I was, man, I was in a tough predicament right there because now I'm a second step tree trimmer apprenticeship. Do I finish my tree trimmer apprenticeship, become a journeyman tree trimmer, and then pursue the lineman trade? Or like, what do I do? I'm 21 years old at this point. Or no, 20, 20 years at this point. Uh, this is September of 2017. And I'm sitting in the truck and I'm hem hon, hem hon. He's like, you don't have to give me an answer right now, but if you don't call me back in 10 minutes with an answer, then I'm moving on to the next guy and your, and your opportunity's passed. And I'm like, crap what do I do? So he hangs up. I have 10 minutes. I start the timer. I'll outweighing my options. He wants me to be in Boardman, Oregon, uh, or Arlington, Oregon by Monday at 6am. This is on a Friday at 3pm. So I have two and a half days to really figure out what I need to do. Like if I do it, like where is Arlington, Oregon, where do I live in Arlington, Oregon? How do I get to Arlington, Oregon? There's a lot of unknown variables that I'm not used to. I'm only 20 years old and I really haven't worked on the road. Right. But now I'm getting to this uh, contractor's lineman apprenticeship that requires me to travel anywhere in the States of Washington, Oregon, Northern Idaho, and even Northern California. So it's a big, like on, it's just, I, I just don't know what to do. So anyways, I knew I wanted to be a lineman. I call him back. Yeah, I, I want to do it. He's like, okay, so he sends me paperwork on the email. He said, this is your boss. Show up, Arlington, Oregon, 6 a.m. Monday morning. This is Friday afternoon. I'm up in northern Washington. And uh, then the journey starts. 
And from there, I realized that since I'm not 21 yet, my CDL isn't good in the state of Oregon. So I have Friday afternoon, well, technically Saturday, to figure out how to transfer my license from Washington to Oregon, which was a big pain in the butt. And then <laughs> find a place to live in Arlington, Oregon, and that's three and a half hours from my home. I've this is I'm just thrown into the wind, and I was forced to grow up right then and there. So that's how the journey was started. Wow, that's uh, that's a bit convoluted, man. It's it's a long journey in a short amount of time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, go ahead. No, after you. Yeah, so the, the so that Monday morning, uh, I believe is I want to say September twenty first. I start my lineman apprenticeship in Arlington, Oregon, and from then on, it's seven thousand hours and six hundred sixty classroom hours of in class training, and seven thousand hours on the job training, and uh, so yeah, that's that's what I had to look forward for the next uh, three four years, however long it takes me to get those seven thousand hours. And 160 in-class hours. That's Saturday schools. You're going to school on Saturday, in-class training, learning about electrical theory, transformers, capacitors, all this stuff inside the electrical industry. And then you're having in the months between the months of December and May, you're going to this what we called Camp Rylea, which is on an army base on the west coast of Washington. The apprenticeship rented out leased out a chunk of property on army base where they had a, we called a barn, which had classrooms in a, and then outside they had a pool yard where they had like 30 poles in the ground and you're climbing poles out in the nasty 24 degree <laughs> coast weather. And you're just, you're learning, you're doing your thing. So that's what I had to look forward for the next three or so years. And the journey is pretty cool. Okay, cool. So when you're going through that whole learning process and you're talking about 7,000 hours, right, of actual on, in field, and then how many hours of, of, of in classroom? 6,000? I think, believe it's 160. I can't quote if I just remember seeing it on a piece of paper. It's 160 hours of in-class learning. So like okay. said, Saturday school in the Northwest, it's different anywhere in the country because there's, there's multiple different apprenticeships. You have Northwest linemen. Or the, yeah, you have Northwest, you have CalNav, which is California, Nevada, you have Swolcat, which is Southwest, which is Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Oklahoma. You have Mountain States, which are your Mountain States, Utah, Montana, Wyoming, um, what a couple other states there. Then you have the Midwest, East Coast, Northeast, Southwest, and they all have different apprenticeships and they operate all differently. But for us in the Northwest, it was, Every other Saturday from November till May, every other Saturday, you'd go to school all day and learn in class. Wow. So, and how, how is that covered as far as financially goes? Is that part of the, is that you, you're basically learning to earn or? At- that's, that's what the apprenticeship is all about. So the cost is, there is a little, there's a, a minute, there's a minute cost, um, with it but the whole point of apprenticeship is yeah you you're earning while you're learning i'm not paying nothing to go to these schools the only thing i think i'm not even paying yeah i won't say i'm paying zero to go to these schools um and not to mention throughout your apprenticeship the seven thousand hours that 
of on the job training and learning, which is those are hours that you're working, but you're getting trained at the same time you're learning at work. I mean, I'm getting paid an hour. It's still, it's a job. I mean, it's right. And don't get me wrong. You make, I was making my first, I won't get into numbers unless you want me to just to sh tell an audience. Um, but my first full year as an apprentice, I made more than my mom and dad did. My mom and dad did combined. So yeah. 20 year old. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're addressing this because it's something that we like to, to uh, address when we have the opportunity that, you know, you mentioned earlier you you were you were burnt out on your regular education you know after high school uh, a lot of people feel that there's only two options a military or college and then of course the uh, the cost of college is just astronomical at this point and uh, is brutal and and so often people aren't even working in that field um, it's nice when anyone brings that up because it's it's something that i think is on a lot of young people's minds is, is this really worth me being in debt till i'm 40 years old i mean it took me till i was like 40 years old to pay off that um and then yeah as far as mentioning the the pay that's good the idea that you're getting you know paid to learn basically and uh with a first-rate education uh, is extraordinary and, and something that you don't find certainly in, in college education. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a thing for me was also, so the apprenticeship took me three years, three months. Um, so I completed at 23 years old buddies that I went to college with or to high school with were either just graduating college or going to be graduating college. And I've already made, you know, a good amount of money the whole time that they were sp spending money for the last four or five years, I was making really great money. So, um, I just see it as a, you know, a little bit, a little bit of money ahead, I guess. Uh, I just, it's unless you want to go to college for some sort of education, like I'm not telling you not to, but there, if you don't want to go to college, like just know there's really great opportunities in the skilled trades. Like, many great opportunities. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing here too, is to let people know. Um, I talked to, I've mentioned this before, but I talk to young people sometimes and they say, well, I don't want to work on a roof for 30 grand a year. But in the, um, like as many people as can tell them like, Hey, within a couple of years, you can be making six figures. You know, you're not sitting in an office. You're not in debt until you're 40. These are all things to at least keep in mind. I mean, like you said, no, all the more power to someone who decides they go to college, wants to be a doctor, wants to go through that, needs to go through that. But there are a lot of opportunities that people aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So, well, you were kind of fortunate also that in high school um, you had the opportunity to get exposed with a trade class. And that's not, I, as far as I know, that's not super common at this point. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, you're exactly right. I was, the high school I went to, I think is now one of very few high schools in the state of Washington that still has a shop class. I know when my dad went to high school, he went to the same high school I went to. They had logging class. They had welding. They had woodwork. They had all this stuff, right? That's back when he's 54 now. So whenever I can't think of the year that would have been. Um, but then now, obviously, as years go on, the trade stuff is just like left in the dust. So the high school I went to, still has welding they still have uh woodworking and now the state of washington actually i believe 
they get grants from upwards of $250,000, $300,000 a year to just like put into their trade learning. So they're buying new welders. They're incorporating a lot of new classes for like technological things like CAD and basically learning how robots work and stuff like I don't know. I'm not really exactly sure the details of the classes they have now, but the way the trades are going now, it's, it's inevitable with technology and now AI, um, especially like the welding industry and things like that. I mean, you even see it in the construction industry, they can build, I think in Arizona, they were building, able to build a literal house out of concrete with a robot. So, but the thing is, you're still going to need people to essentially build software and be able to run these programs. So, I mean, these, this younger generation, they're smart when it comes to technology, technological things. So I think that's another thing that they're teaching and in, in that my high school went to is, you know, learning things like that. So even if you don't want to go to college or if you do, you get some sort of degree in technology somewhere, but there's still going to be trade opportunities or opportunities for them in a the blue collar industry, working with technology and building software and programs and operating robots in the welding industry and things like that. So, but yeah, there's nothing like just building something with your hands, you know, welding, building, make it, it's art in my eyes. So I don't see, yeah, from my perspective, I don't see a lot of high schools that still have a shop class, like yeah. a literal shop class. You know, they might have a little program here and there. It's like, oh, hey, you know, let's build a birdhouse or something. But it's like, let's teach them, let's teach them good basic skills, how to read a tape measure, how do you use an impact drill? Like yeah. simple things like that. You can't, you're not going to teach them how, what a gable end is or how to frame a house. I mean, you can <laughs> teach them how to frame a, a dog house, I guess, but um, teach them the basics. That way they have a good understanding of. So when they, they are thrown out in the real world, they, they at least have an understanding of these things. Like being able to read a tape measure, you'd be surprised on how many people in my generation, I'm 26 younger that don't know how to read a tape measure. Like, <laughs> the quarters, the eights or the sixteenths. And it kind of blows me away when I hear about that, because I feel like that's such a common, easy thing for people just to know. And they yeah. don't. And I'm like, you use a tape measure in every single trade that I know of, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's a good point. Certainly there's advantages to just getting people exposed to it either way, because it gives them the opportunity to, to feel just as you had when you had the opportunity to climb that first pole, right. To go, Oh, this is really cool. Like I kind of have an affinity for this. I like this. I, I could, I could see myself doing this and enjoying it. So, you know, the more people get exposed to all that is, is ultimately the better. Um, Tell us now, so where you're at in your career now, this is eight years in, you're, you're, you're a full-fledged journeyman at this point. What, what's your day like? So since I work on the contractor side, um, as you can see right now, it's uh, afternoon on a Monday and I'm not working. But anyways, so on the contractor side as a journeyman lineman, you, you can kind of just work when you want. Obviously, I got a couple of business stuff I work on the side. Right now, it works a little bit slow in the area I'm at for lineman work. So I'm using this time just to do other things. But anyway, so yeah, day to day as a contractor, as a journeyman lineman, I go to Union Hall. I go put my name on the out of works books list. There's that book one, book two, since I'm not a resident of an area. I book my name on book two and when there's work, the union hall calls me and offers says, Hey, we have this job opportunity. Do you want it? You just literally say yes or no. If you say yes, 
they send you some paperwork and then you go to the company that you're going to hire on with. You do pre-hire paperwork and then you start whenever they need you to start. And then you work for as long as you want to work a month, two months, six months, six years. And then you drag up and you go work for a different company. Um, the other cool thing is storms like hurricanes, tropical storms, winter storms, things like that. Tornadoes. Well, knocks out a lot of power. So a lot of these companies, utilities, you know, like we had in Florida last year with the hurricane, there was 40,000 linemen that all congregated down in Florida. And I was part of that 40,000. And so I traveled to Detroit and then the company went with, we drove from Detroit down to Florida and then hung out down in Florida for two weeks and helped restore power to communities down in Florida. Same with the year before in Louisiana, did the same thing. So working storms, uh, power restoration, helping communities, you know, get their electricity back. That's probably sure. one of my favorite things about being a journeyman lineman. So the day-to-day -day is, you know, if I have a regular day-to-day -day job, I go to work for 5 a.m. to, you know, if it's for working five tens, five ten hour days, or are my are we on six twelves? Are we on seven twelves? Are we building high line? Like depending on the job, schedules vary from every company, everywhere you work. So that's kind of what it looks like. Cool. That's uh, that's awesome that you mentioned the uh, storm factor and the disaster factor. It's something that we've never covered here and certainly most people don't think about. But mm -hmm. I imagine that does have to be a very rewarding feeling to go. I have these skills that can have such a tangible effect on people's everyday life. Exactly. Yeah. Like last year. Um, so this is last Christmas. There was that big winter storm that hit the East Coast or the Northeast. And so, yeah, I got a call like, hey, do you want to come out to New York and work? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. I'll hop on a plane ticket. You know, I'll buy a plane ticket and hop on a plane and fly to New York. It's like that last minute. They literally text you and then you buy a plane ticket that and you fly out either that night or the next morning. You go work. Um, but it's just super Cool. I've never worked through Christmas before, and it was kind of on my bucket list to be able to want to work through Christmas. And since I don't have a family or nothing like really like holding me down or like wanting to me to stay home for Christmas, I was like, this is actually a cool opportunity to go away from home or away from family, spend the holidays away from what you're, you've known for the last, for me, the last 25 years of my life, and then go across the country and help restore power and get people their power back on Christmas Eve and Christmas day. Like that satisfaction right there alone is makes it all worth it to be able to throw that cutout back in. You see a neighborhood full of lights, come on, flip the light switch. There's something about it that I just don't know what, what other feeling that I've ever gotten from, from, similar to that from doing that. So I thought that was one of the coolest things ever. Like I kind of get goosebumps just, talking about it because that, I don't know, I, I love that aspect of this trade a lot. Yeah, that's incredible, man. I mean, there's so many jobs and careers out there that you don't have that immediate uh, gratification where you're where you're knowing you're making a difference. Certainly, as you mentioned, the fact that it happened to also be the holidays and people were without power and, you know, the, anyone without power anytime is tragic, you know, um, and I imagine it's even magnified when people are, you know, have come in to visit family and they're all together and they have no power, they have no heat. So, so that's awesome. 
that's obviously a, a big pro for you um, with the career. Tell us about some of the cons. So some of the cons, so it like it goes with it. Um, yeah, if if you work on the contractor side, it doesn't actually matter what side you work on. Whether so, you have two sides. We call it. You can work for the utility, so the so the company that is providing that's on your power bill, or you work for the contractors that do the work for the utility. So you can either work for either one as a lineman or apprentice or whatever. So anyways, but either way, you're still going to be working uh, long hours. You're going to be getting call outs for storms and power outages, right? So two in the morning, if it's a storm season, like here in Arizona, we're coming up on monsoon season. So your months of June, July, August, September, you know, you're going to be getting called out at one in the morning, you know, whatever time of the day, you're going to be, you're working storms, 16 hour days. Now for me, it's easy because I'm single and there's nothing holding me down. I don't have a family or a wife or kids waiting to see Papa at home or nothing like that. Right. So for me, it's easy, but I've seen from with guys I work with, you know, they're away from their family, especially when we go work these storms on the East coast and they're away, away from family for weeks on end. Right. Now, that's with any trade, right? If you go work in the oil fields, you're doing two-week hitches. You're away from your family for two weeks. These are more of like, just like all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting called out at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'll be back at, you know, 5 o'clock the next day. So, you know, that that can be a rough aspect on a family. It can be mentally and physically draining as a lineman. That can be kind of a con. Um Again, I'm pretty young, single. I try to keep uh, mentally and physically fit, so it doesn't really affect me too much, but it can affect people for sure. I've had experiences up in Northwest. They actually allow you to work 40-hour shift right off the bat. So if you get called out for storm, they let you work a 40-hour shift, and then you get six hours off, and you work 18 on, six off, 18 on, six off, until you get released from storm. So that 40 hour shift now that that will knock you on your rear. That's that's a hard one for sure. But anyway, so that yeah, being away from family, um, just like long work hours or schedules uh, for those probably the two of the biggest cons. Um, I'm trying to think what else from my perspective would be a, a con. Those sure. two are the only things I can I can really think of. Um, the little things like where you go work and the guys you work with, of course, like their attitude and being on a career where one guy's just pure negative Nancy and things like that. But that's literally anywhere you go work, right? You're right. You work with people that that's common. doesn't matter where you go. I'm just trying to think specifically for the lineman trade for me. There's not that many cons. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, of course that's, that's any job, right? You're going to have ins and outs of, you know, problems with certain people but overall you know obviously you have a great time doing it and, and you've enjoyed it and you've done very well for yourself um so you have enough perspective now to kind of judge who might be suited for this who who do you think like you know what this is the type of personality or the the type of attributes that would really go for this Man, the lineman trade, I'm, I'm going to tell you it's rough. As a groundman or an apprentice in the lineman trade, it's rough because we want to see what you're made of. Can you work 18 hours straight? Can you work 40 hours straight? 
can you take a little bit of crap? Um, you're going to get messed with as an apprentice or a groundman just because we want to, it's just, it is what it is. Like that's how it's been like since 18, 1896 when, you know, people started working on power lines. Um, so we, we want to see what you're made of. So if you got to be able to have some thick skin, you got to be able to have a good attitude, especially attitude for me is a very big one. If you're a groundman or apprentice, you cannot, don't be showing up at work with a negative attitude or piss poor attitude or, you know, whatever is going on in your personal life. We always say you got to leave your feelings at the gate. So when you drive through the gate to the yard in the morning, you got to leave your feelings at the gate because we're working on high voltage stuff here. Um, if, if your mind is clouded and your judgment is all over the place, like we're working with things that will turn you to dust that will kill you instantly. We don't, we need your head in the right space. So we don't want you to be all over the place. So just trying to have like a good mental and physical, try to be the best you can mentally and physically fit because also physically fits a big one. You're going to be digging holes. If you're the groundman or your apprentice and you're the first, you're starting out in the trade, you're going to be doing all the grunt labor work that the linemen, the journeymen don't want to do. So, hey, buck up. You got to be able to do the the hard labor intensive work that the higher ups that put their time in don't want to do. So I would say also be able to show up on time. I was raised with a mentality from my dad of if you're not 15 minutes early, you're 15 minutes late. So show up to work like on time and on time is 15 minutes early, um, not one minute till or seven o'clock on the dot. Show up have a good attitude, be able to learn and adapt. If I need to tell you some, how to do something multiple times, it's really going to piss me off. I should really need to tell you one or two times. And then you need to take it upon yourself to learn those things, right? Whether that's electrical theory things when it comes to transformers or if it's not tying, there's a lot of different perspectives, obviously variables inside the trade. As an apprentice or groundman, you got to take the upon yourself to actually go home after work and like want to learn about this type of stuff and, and like educate yourself. So be able to learn, have a positive attitude, show up to work on time, work hard. If you, at least you can have those four or five attributes, attributes, then I think you're really money ahead. Uh, those five things are really the, the key factors for me. I mean, obviously now if you want to get into lineman trade, are you scared of heights? Like the look up YouTube videos on linemen stuff. Are you scared of heights, high voltage, working long hours, working on the road, being away from family, being away from friends? Um, like those type of things, do those scare you at all? If any one of those do, then the trade is not for you. I will tell you right off the bat. Also, if you don't have thick skin, trade is not for you. But if you love making a lot of money, <laughs> you love traveling, you love heights, you love high voltage, you are an adrenaline junkie like I am. Um, this trade's probably a good fit for you. Cool, man. That's perfect. That's perfect information for everyone out there. What would uh, if someone out there was interested on in getting the ball rolling? Obviously, you discovered a little bit of it in high school, and then you know stumbled your way through figuring it out. What would you suggest? Yeah. So obviously, Google has a whole bunch of has a whole bunch of stuff. It's Google, right? So you can Google all you want. Um, one big thing that a lot of people in this 
generation don't really think about, but social media is a massive thing, right? right? Use social media to your advantage. Use it as a tool. You can literally go on any any social media page. That's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, any one of those pages, and you just find somebody that works in the alignment trade or whatever trade you want to get into and just DM them. Just ask them like, oh, hey, I got some questions. What steps, what would you recommend for me? And I'm 99.9% certainty that that person is going to get back to you and be like, oh, hey, yeah, thanks for reaching out. This is how I got started. This is what I could rec recommend. Um, yeah, if you have any other questions, blah, 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 like reach out, like I'll help you. Also, this also kind of brings to the point, I started this, me and my brother started this company called Blueprint, which I don't know if you really want me, I can get into that a little bit. Yeah. Blueprint is, originally I started it, it was called Livewire Academy, which I want to just teach kids or people if they want to get into the alignment industry. You know, I built a, a website and a company called Livewire Academy to teach the whole alignment trade. So I built a whole five and a half, six hour course of me going through the whole ins and outs of the alignment trade, how to get started, what tools do you need, knots, rigging, math, like kind of the whole A to Z, the whole uh, bread and butter on what the alignment trade has offered, how to get started and what can help you. But then I realized, like I saw with you guys and other people on social media, that there's a trade shortage and the alignment trade isn't the only trade out there that really needs help or the alignment trade is really only probably for 1% of kids or people that want to get into a trade. So I started, we started this uh, company called Blue Blueprint, Blue Collar Education, where now we're focused on teaching, exposing, and building courses on uh, other trades. So alignment trade's not for you. That's great. We're building other courses on becoming HVAC tech, getting into the plumbing industry, getting an electrical industry. Maybe you want to be an iron worker. Maybe you want to get into the oil field. Maybe you want to get in the pipelines. There's so much trades out there. Like, which one do you want to get? Now with, you know, like I've saw a lot of people, um, there's a lot of platforms and a lot of places you can go to learn about all these different opportunities. So that's what Blueprint is all about. We want to help specifically younger individuals, 18 to 25 year olds, find a trade that they'd be interested in. And we want to teach them and help them expose them. How do I get started in that trade? And what does this trade have to offer for them? Um, so if you were to go to our website at www.bluecollaredu.com, we have a whole bunch of information on there. You can go in the top right corner that we have a bunch of tabs. You can click on the career tab and you scroll down. We have a handful of careers on there. The only course we have right now is alignment course because we're in the process of making courses for other trades. But we do have a Lyman course of so Lyman is something that you want to get into. This is like you were saying, where can someone learn? Google, they can ask people on social media, DM them, come to my website, check out the Lyman career. We got a bunch of great information on there. Reach out to me on either one of any one of my platforms at Blue Collar Edu on basically all platforms, uh, Instagram, TikTok. YouTube, I like to post a lot on YouTube because that's a good learning educational platform. And I'm, I put longer form content, uh, educational videos on there for math, rigging, knots, uh, just things that can help you in a trades. And then, yeah, just reach out to either me um, on one of those platforms. 
my email is austin at bluecolloredu.com. Email me. So if you have questions and I don't have an answer, I will find the answer and I'll get back to you. So I'm all here to help. Um, doesn't matter what trade you're interested in. Like I said, if you want to get into the welding industry or any industry and you don't know where to start, reach out to me. I'll reach out to somebody I know or I'll find somebody and I'll get an answer for you. Awesome, man. You, you guys are pretty much on the same page we are at this point and just trying to trying to fill that skilled labor gap. That's huge. And as you said, I mean, it's it's huge. HVAC, it's massive. And, and all most trades that I talk to, I mean, they're saying, yeah, we're having a hard time getting the word out to people. But these are huge opportunities. There's a lot of money to be made. Uh, a lot of the education is paid for. Um, you're not stranded in an office. You get to move around and, and, and all those positives. So it's awesome that you're out there doing that. Uh, we're happy to have you because of course we're on the same page with it. And, uh, in the long run, I think we're, we're headed in the right direction. So we'll see it play out. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? No, I mean, I basically just said it, like I said, if, if, Alignment from if you hear watch this podcast and alignment trade is something that oh hey that actually kind of sparks my interest. Like I said, go to our website. Um, I don't know if you'll have a link in descriptions or things like that, but at www.bluecollared.com, like I said, you can click on the career tabs and you can go to alignment career and click on that. We have a bunch of information on there. And like I said, we have other careers on there as well. Like I said, reach out to me on any social media platform, my email, and. Uh, yeah, if you want to get, if you're interested in a trade, let's figure out, you know, our slogan at Blueprint is building your future starts here. So let's help you get started. And I look forward to helping as many individuals as I can find a successful career in the in the trades. That's great, brother. Yeah, I found that uh, with most people in the trades I talk to, which you're touching on, that most people are honestly, they see this labor gap that they need to be filled and, and they're usually very supportive to, hey, if I can help in any way, I'm happy to help. So everyone, uh, make sure you check out Blueprint, uh, check out jointhetrades.com. Awesome. Thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, Career. Really appreciate being on this podcast and building to share my story and just share what we're trying to do with Blueprint. Awesome. We'll see you next time, folks.